0: God bless you guys so much. I, um, my mother, as many of you know, my mother was in the foster system when she was growing up. She was given up when she was five. And she, um, so my daughter, who lives in Chicago, just recently got a job working with foster kids. And we were at lunch my, for Mother's Day. My mom, my daughter, and myself. And my mom looked at Kathleen, and I want to say this to each of you guys that are working with foster kids. She said, when I was growing up and I was living in foster homes and in institutions, mainly in the foster homes, she would have social workers come in every now and again to to check in and make sure that things were okay, kind of like my daughter's now currently doing. And she said the foster homes that she lived in were so terrible. They were so devoid of love. She went through so many terrible things. And she said that every time a social worker would come in, the social worker would smile at her and love her and have a cute outfit on, have snacks, you know. And she said that like the, the, the social workers gave my mom the ability to see that life could be different than what it was when she was living in those homes. And she was like, oh, like through seeing someone else who, you know, took care of themselves and had a really fun, happy life, that, that life could be different. And I just thought that was so powerful to hear that. And that's what each of you guys are going to do when you go to this camp. You're going to be that. Life can be different. Life can be fulfilling. Um, life is not only despair, right? So praise God for you guys giving of your time. You're, you're such a blessing to the world. So thank you, Lord. Right? Right? So my name's Adrian. I don't, there are a couple of you in the room I don't know. And I'm, um. I hope to meet you after the service. I'm Adrian. I'm married to wonderful Jeff Cannell. Um, oh, he's just so cute. And Jeff, you are so good with kids. Je- I, he's just, He's so good. He's so good. I'm so thankful for Jeff. Okay, so yay, the meeting on Thursday was good. I got some texts coming through to me that you guys had a really nice time that it was extremely encouraging. I'm so happy about that. And um, I really hope today your meeting is good as well. i'm I'm gonna sneak upstairs and and hang out with the kids who are who are the coolest. So <laughs> um, all right, so. We are talking today about Matthew 11, and if you have a Bible, you can open up, but I want to say a couple words about it first before um, I start. Okay, let's see. Is there anything else I was going to say? The only thing I was going to say was, I will love Sinead O'Connor forever. That's all I wanted to say. I'm just so sad that she passed away, and um, she's been on my heart so much, her family, her kids, praying for her, and... Or for her family, she she just was such a brave person, and I love her so much. So anyway, there's that. Um, my, sis- my sister from a different mister is how I feel about Sinead. I just love her so much. Um, so let's see. We are talking about this really cool passage. Jeff last week did a good job talking about um, John the Baptist, and essentially— what Jesus is saying in this passage and what I want to talk about this morning is our ideas about the world and about who Jesus and who God is are always completely wrong. And Jesus comes along and turns our ideas on their head, right? That's what Jesus does for us. Jesus comes along and just says, oh, you, you thought I was going to be this way, the way of the world. I'm not that way. Jesus is completely different, and that's what I want to talk about this morning. Um, I'm really excited to be up at the podium. It's been a long time. I am grateful for you. Beautiful church. Beautiful, 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 beautiful church. I love you guys so much. Okay, so in chapter 11, Jesus is letting us know what posture he is interested in his followers having. Jesus is coming along and saying, if you are following me, this is what I want you to be like. And Jesus spent a lot of time doing that. This is a, this is a common theme. Jesus, Jesus said, I want you to um, not take on the power roles that the rest of the world exhibit. That is not for us. For us, we are doing something completely different. Um, And I wanted to to say, it's really funny, I grew up in the church, which I'm extremely grateful for. Um, I grew up mostly in the Vineyard Church. My parents were missionaries, so I moved around a lot, and I've lived in different countries and things like that, and have seen a lot of really cool things growing up, which I'm grateful for. Um, But growing up in the church, one thing that I really caught wind of, it's like I, I didn't necessarily learn this, that you have to become like a child to be a, a true follower of Jesus. I, didn't, I don't remember hearing that a lot. What I did hear, the main kind of threats to Christianity, if you will, were more like um, rated R movies, <laughs> bad music, you know, um, uh, immorality. Can anybody relate to that? The the behaviors of the world outside were the greatest threat to us as followers of Jesus when I grew up. And I I just remember that being being a really strong um, just idea. And, you know, behavior modification and identity markers were really, really important as I was growing up. Um, I must say, as an adult... I have followed Jesus my whole life. I think so differently now. I don't think that those uh, things are a threat to us as followers of Christ. I don't think those are a threat to Jesus. (laughs) I think that the greatest threat to us as followers of Jesus is spiritual pride. Spiritual pride. Spiritual pride um, is what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about spiritual pride versus humility um, and kind of what the markers of Christ's Christ followers, Jesus' followers, actually looks like. So spiritual pride, as I would define it, um, spiritual pride is a person thinking and behaving as if they were morally or spiritually superior to others. And as I speak about this this morning, I don't want to pretend like I have not struggled with this. I was such a frickin' goody two-shoes growing up, okay? I'm just gonna be honest, I was so good. (laughs) I knew how to be the good girl. And I'm gonna be honest, my brother was was a baddie. Okay, camel cigarettes. Let's talk. He's. <laughs> I mean, so it's like I was really good, you know. I just was this shining moral example of all that was right in the world, and that is gross. <laughs> um, so spiritual pride. Um, I have certainly had my uh, moments, and I still. You, we are human. We all struggle with judging others, right? We all struggle with um, self-importance. We all struggle with um, thinking that we are the example and other people are failing. It's part of being human. May the Lord have, the Lord have mercy on all of us. So this is, yeah, it's such an easy trap for, for us to fall into. This morning, as as Jeff indicated, we are going to talk about Um, this beautiful passage when Jesus says, come to me if you're weary. Come to me. And one thing that Jesus says in that passage is, learn from me. I just love it so much. Jesus says, learn from me. Now that to me indicates that Jesus understands that we are flawed and broken and we need to learn. We need to get schooled, right? Jesus himself understands us as humans he understands learn from me I'm gentle I'm going to be good to you learn from me um so I find that to be so incredibly encouraging and I my prayer this morning for all of us Central Vineyard you beautiful church is that we can be encouraged and we can be invited into the goodness of life with Jesus um and we have a, we have a Jesus who is very very happy to take us on, Amen. All right, I'm going to pray, and then we'll read out of Matthew 11. Um, bow your heads with me, Spirit of God. You are here with us. You are so kind, Lord. You are so kind. I pray for this beautiful group of people this morning, Father. I pray that you would bring conviction. Where conviction is needed, I pray that you would bring truth, Father. Where lies have been spoken, I pray that uh, each of us would be encouraged and invited, Lord, by you. I pray, God, just thank you for your your word. I pray that you would um, open your word to our hearts, Lord. Bless you, God. Bless you, Spirit of God. You're so good. Amen. Okay, so this is Matthew. Oh, shoot, my my watch is messing up. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, This is Matthew. Wow, I'm running out of time. I'm so sorry. Chatty, chatty. All right, so Matthew 11, starting in verse 20. Oh, God, thank you for your word. Then Jesus began to denounce the towns where he had done so many of his miracles because they hadn't repented of their sins and turned to God. What sorrows await you, Chorazin and Bethsaida? For if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. I tell you Tyre and Sidon will be better off on judgment day than you. And you people of Capernaum, will you be honored in heaven? No, you will go down to the place of the dead. For if the miracles I did for you had been done in wicked Sodom, I would still be here. It would still be here today. I tell you even Sodom will be better off on judgment day than you. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. Oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleases you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Thank you so much, God, for your beautiful word. So, in this passage, we see Jesus getting kind of mad and calling out the regions that refused to receive him, the regions that, that refused um, his goodness and rejected him. Jesus is drawing a very clear line in this, in this passage. He's saying, you know, these guys didn't want what I had, and they are um, going to pay the consequences. Jesus, in this passage, uh, shows us that we each have the power of life and death in our own free will. We have the ability to choose goodness. We have the ability to choose destruction within our own grasp. This is true today, just like it was then. Um, we can choose the the way of life or we can reject it and go our own way. Pretty intense stuff, right? Jesus is like, woe upon you. (laughs) So Jesus denounces a bunch of towns and then he goes into this beautiful prayer in verse 25. Oh, Father... Lord of heaven, he goes directly to the Father. Oh, Father, Lord of heaven, thank you. You have hidden these things from those who think they are wise and clever and revealed them to the childlike. Isn't that amazing? I would like to focus, you guys, on that little phrase that says, those who think themselves wise. Now, make no mistake, wisdom is Lauded throughout Scripture, wisdom and thinking yourself wise are two completely different things, right? Wisdom is the cute gray hairs on my husband's goatee. He doesn't like his goatee. Isn't that crazy? I'm like, don't you ever shave that? It's cute. Um, so the 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 wise, the the wisdom of the Lord is a blessing. It says in, let me see, I wrote this down. I wrote this down. I know I did. Proverbs 4, 7. Get wisdom. Proverbs says, get wisdom. Though it costs you everything you have, get understanding. Get wisdom. Wisdom is, is um, a wonderful thing. Now, those who think themselves wise is something completely different. All right? Um, have you guys ever been? Have you guys ever spent time with with anyone who just thinks they know everything? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you have. Like they just think they know everything, and it's so annoying um, when when they really don't. When they really don't. Um, so cocky people are. Uh, it's just so rough. And um, don't know why that is the way it is, but people people are people are complicated we are complicated so but jesus does not call us to a life of thinking we are thinking ourselves wise and clever what is it that jesus calls us to what is it that jesus calls us to jesus calls us to become like children i love this it's so wild jesus says It's God's plan to reveal things to people who are childlike. I tell you, you guys, being an adult, growing up, it's so wild, isn't it, how um, cynical we can become. We can become so incredibly cynical. And the thing that's cool and popular in the world is learning how to give the quickest cruelest jab to someone. That's what's considered cool. How can I cut another person down to size the quickest and in the most clever way, right? Um, Instead, Jesus says, and this is Matthew 18, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I want to talk a little bit about what that looks like and maybe how we can get there. Um, Children have attributes that are unfortunately lost to us cynical, jaded adults. (laughs) Um, Children are trusting, aren't they? Children are um, non-defensive, right? Children really expect that things are going to turn out right. I remember this one moment, Ian, I got to tell a story about you. Oh, it was, it just broke my heart in two. I, I was visiting you at school for lunch one day, Ian, and you were, you had your lunch, and I think it was the other little, there, you're sitting next to a little girl, little brat, and St. <laughs> Joe's, and she had, I don't she had something like um, fruit gummies or something really sugary and great, yeah, yeah, fruit, fruit snacks, and Ian was like, you know, I had, I gave him like carrots, cheese stick, okay, like really healthy, and um, Ian really well, Ian asked her for some of her her sugary snack, and she just was really mean to him and said no, and I could see I looked at him, I could just see him like fighting back tears, and so that is to me that 's like the picture of the, a child 's innocence like a child expects good things why wouldn 't life be great, you know children aren't interested in power grabbing power oh it makes me want to cry it just brings me to tears honestly children aren't interested in material goods they aren't interested in money they aren't interested in in um, powering over other people kids are interested in fun kids are creative kids um, are curious kids don't really kids don't really they just live in the moment too right that's another thing about children they 're just in that moment they 're in that moment that they're in. We have so much to learn from children um, uh, and I think that is what Jesus invites us into this morning is that childlike joy um, that can be restored to us I one of my worst nightmares in the world, I just hate it so much when people behave and think like that people can't change, like you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I think that is the biggest load of horse pucky I've ever heard. People can change. (laughs) It's been proven through brain science, you know? I mean, we have... Plastic brains, if we choose to change our lives, the Holy Spirit will come alongside us and help us <laughs> to go back, to restore to ourselves that innocence that, that we had when we were kids. Um, I just want to read. This is James. The book of James says that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I really do think that that is the way that we can change, my friends, is a little tiny bit of humility. And I can speak for myself. It's it's just such a completely bizarre and strange thing, getting up and preaching, because (laughs) I don't have any, I'm not ahead of you guys at all on any of these things. I'm preaching to myself, as much as I'm telling the truth to anybody else. That um, that I want to grow in these things. I want my heart softened. I don't want to be cynical. So that is what Jesus is inviting us into this morning. Jesus is the only way for us to receive rest. We can't go to the world and think that... We can't go to worldly things. We can't go to the things of this world and think that we're going to get rest. We can't go... To anything really in this world and get it. Jesus is the only way to rest. Jesus is the only way to peace. Jesus is the only way to joy. Jesus is the only way to love, for our hearts to be softened, towards gentleness. Jesus is the only way we can find our true selves, our sense of personhood, our sense of identity in this world. And we're tempted. We're tempted in this life, aren't we? Do we really think that when we look to other things that we can have this fulfillment, do we really think that other people thinking we're great is going to fill that void? Because it just can't. Um, The idea of, like, whatever it is in our own personal minds to succeed in this world. Do you think that worldly success... Do you think that will give us these things, joy and peace? Um, Money, all the money in the world, all the power in the world, getting high, having sexual encounters, any of the things that we think might satiate that, that void within us where we need only Jesus. So Jesus says, come to me. Learn from me. Another version says, "Learn from me." This one says, "Come to me. Let me teach you." I love that. I'm going to. Jeff, do I have a few more minutes? How when do we want to end? We want to leave. End a little earlier. Um, we want to end a little early today because of the meeting, but I want to take a minute, if you guys will indulge me, I just want to take a minute and read this passage. And so you guys know, are you aware of Lectio Divina and what that means? Lectio Divina is a is a form of prayer or reading the scripture that is like prayer prayer. It's not reading the scripture in order to study it, dissect it, which that has its place. Lectio Divina is Holy Spirit-led reading of the scripture where the Holy Spirit just speaks to you in your heart, settles the truth of what you need to hear. So I'd like to do that this morning, just take a minute. If you guys will just close your eyes And get your body comfortable. Just pay attention to how your shoulders feel. Are you relaxed in the chair? Maybe take a deep breath. And just let go of whatever stressors you're holding on to this morning. Holy Spirit, will you, I know you're here, Spirit. Thank you, Spirit of God. Will you come, Holy Spirit, and bless my friends through the reading of your word? I'm going to read it slowly three times, and I'll say a few words in between. Try your best as I read this this morning, you guys, try your best to just kind of empty up out your thinking, your thoughts, and just listen. Listen. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. This time I'm going to read it, and I encourage you to pay attention to what words... And what part of this passage stands out to you the most? Let the Holy Spirit almost highlight words on the page for you. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light." I'm going to read it one more time. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is the light. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Central Vineyard, would you stand with me? We're going to have some communion together. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, worship team. As I've been praying about talking to all of you this, this week, I have really felt that some of you here feel really distant from God and that God wants to bless you this morning and draw you close. Um, yeah. So I would encourage you all to get prayer if you need it. Um, one of the coolest things about getting together is that we have a room full of like-minded people who can bless one another and we love each other, and we have the power of the Holy Spirit at our fingertips to be able to bless one another. And there's something really, really powerful when someone you trust and love knows what's going on in your life and can bear that burden with you. It's just like when Jesus says, I will, I will help you carry your burdens. We have one another as well. So Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and thank you, Cindy. And he broke it. He thanked God for it, and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the, the cup, and he said, this is my blood, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Anytime you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And Paul encouraged all of us to do this until Jesus returns. We are committed to doing this until Jesus returns. And I love the thought of us joining the rest of the church this morning. The global church is participating in this act this morning. It's so incredible. We are loved. We are accepted. We are called to soften our hearts before God and before one another, just like children. You guys are beloved, and come forward and get some communion. If you have any needs this morning, go to somebody and get some prayer. It's a big part of why we're together. God bless you all, Central Vineyard.